0: ED, yo,
1: never asked you this before, man. What, what does it feel like to be one of Alabama's finest?
2: Oh, it feels good. It feels good. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, you should try it.
1: <laughs> I should try it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I feel like I'm an, I'm an honorary member. I got some family down there. This is the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, represented, of course, by betonline.ag. We got one of Alabama's finest, of course, and our main man, E.D., who's here with us week in, week out. But, oh, this, this is going to be a very, very Alabama-driven show, if you will. We got the great T. Martin, one of Alabama's natives as well. Uh-huh. He'll be joining us this week uh, on the show. Uh, another uh, Memorial Weekend edition of Real Thing or Not. We'll get into that uh, a little bit later on. And then uh, I got some life news also, Ed. I got some life, life news. news. Yeah, life news. Okay, okay. Uh, to, I can't wait for that. To, to share with the people. Um, but first, um, let's get into it. Uh, Bleacher Report came out with their list of top 25 acquisitions. Uh, Niners had a big part in that list. Um, but before we get into that, I want to talk about one of your former teammates, Jerry Rice. And he talked about uh, the Niners and the 2020 season and coming off of you know the Super Bowl appearance and you know we've talked about it as well you know this year they're going to be the hunted as opposed to the hunters and Jerry came out and said next year is going to be hard um how i i guess give us a little bit of insight into because you you play with jerry i I guess some of jerry's things like some of the things that maybe we don't think about that this niners team is going to going to face when once they step out onto the field in 2020 because you know we broke down the schedule you had 11 wins i had 14 wins um but it may not be that easy obviously um no it it, it won't be yeah and and kind, kind of what's jerry alluding to there
2: well, Jerry's just alluding to the fact that, first of all, you've heard me say this, it's very difficult to win 10 games in the NFL. It's it's hard to win a football game. It's very, very difficult. It's 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 not one of those things that you can just toss your helmet and cleats out on the field and expect to win. Everybody in the NFL is talented. Every team is talented from top to bottom. Every player is a professional. (laughs) They are the best of the best. Even on the crappy teams, you still are going against professional players and you have to beat them. So things can start to snowball on you and either start to climb or it can snowball and pull you down into the abyss. And your mindset starts to lead your bodies there and it starts to lead the team and, and, and the morale and everything there. And you start to have bad years, but it's, it doesn't mean that you don't have talent. So what Jerry is saying, the team won last year, you're not going to, you're not going to surprise anyone, the expectations. And it it will be a real thing. Yes. There will be pressure. uh, Some self-imposed because you now are concerned with what if you don't follow it up. This is one of the better rosters. The Niners have one of the better rosters in the league. I mean, they have a top three roster. And, you, you know, we can get into who may have better ones or, or as just as good, but they have a top three roster. That roster is supposed to compete for a championship. All of us saying that, that in itself adds pressure to what it is you're doing. And pressure is a real thing, bruh is there
1: yeah so what so take me back to the 1995 season right you guys are coming off off a Super Bowl win
0: yeah
1: um Mm -hmm. and and you still won the division that year you went 11 and 5 that year but but lost in the in the divisional
0: um
1: what take me to I guess what was the message that first training camp and then at what point during the season did or was there a point during the season when you realized oh okay this is a little bit different
2: uh, no, 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 no. Well, see, like, the difference for us is that, remember, we were there every single year. Yeah, I, that was that was that had, you know, the aspirations of winning a, a third in a row. And I was there and I was a part of it. So that's kind of how I was raised. I didn't know any different. Um, I, I, I truly didn't. I, I got there. That's what we were supposed to do. You're going to have some guys on the team. And like I said, Debo is going to come in there and expect to win. That's what he's done um nick bosa is going to go there he's expecting to win hell for that matter so is uh jimmy garoppolo they're expecting to win he's always won he's always been in that position so there are guys that are going to be accustomed to that they're going to feel like this is what i'm supposed to do uh so let's just go out and deal with it the pressure that's involved with it you'll understand it i understood it it was it was just the norm so winning the Super Bowl. Like, well, yeah, I felt like I was supposed to win a Super Bowl. There are other years that I felt like I was supposed to win the Super Bowl. But now, with that being said, I also felt that pressure. I felt the pressure um, of the city and the expectations of the city. Uh, so it's there. And, and the way, and that's why I said pressure is a real thing, it's always there. You're either feeling it or you're applying it. it it's, it's not going to disappear. So now the question is are you a strong enough group to continue to apply the pressure to play through the moments, to be bigger than the moment. And that's the thing that there some moments are more pressure filled than others. Just like I said, some plays carry more weight than others. Can you be bigger than the moment um, with all things being equal? And that's what this group is going to have to do because the expectations are there. You know, like you said, what, what was it? Ryan Clark, RC said ten and six.
1: Yeah, there was, there was and, an uproar. There was an uproar. And
2: yeah, and everybody lost their minds. Do you know how hard it is to win ten games? Yeah, they, I guarantee you. If you if you guarantee, if you went to Kyle Shanahan and guaranteed him ten and six, he'd take it. Like he'd take it. If you guarantee him ten and six, I'll I'll take it. Heck, I, now, he, I take it. He, 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 right yes, now, he, he, now he, he's gonna ask like what six do i lose to because that's going to affect your your playoff standing home and away and things like that i get he'll ask it but he, but he's not gonna he's not gonna say okay if if i can't change you know those losses i don't want to take the ten and six But man, there's not a coach in the league that wouldn't take ten and six yeah It'd be, it, because it's, it's a very difficult thing to do win double digit games so the pressure coming back, and what Jerry's saying is going to be hard, yeah, it's going to be hard because first of all, it's hard to win that many games. The team won; they won what, thirteen last year?
1: Yeah, they they went thirteen and three. I think, until your point, it's it's funny because I don't think people realize just how hard it is to win in the NFL, and and I think a telltale sign of that, and I heard someone say this, you know, years ago, a telltale sign of that is. You know they they show that locker room footage after every game, and the coach kind of addresses the team, and he you know he lets them know unless, mm-hmm. unless he's Belichick, he lets them know that you know they'll have a Monday, they'll have Monday off, um and and all that, and you know I'll see you Wednesday is kind of the, kind of the big thing, and, and and you know there's an uproar in the locker room, but to see just the excitement, the exhilaration in that locker room in that moment, right? And we're talking week seven. Week 8, like we're not even talking a playoff win. Like we're talking just you pick pick a game throughout the regular season and, and that's kind of the excitement, the, the exhilaration that you see and in, in all of that post-game footage, all that all-access footage that um, the the NFL puts out week in and week out and, and every team puts it on their Twitter and, and you know, the coaches talk and, and, and the players celebrate, and, and these are just regular season wins. So that, that goes to show you just how difficult – it is to win the league, but not, yes. not only that. Just how much, how much value there is to it. Um, I know, every game, every game.
2: <laughs> yes, it's it is hard. It is def, It is hard. And football is not like any other sport. And I know basketball. You have all these games. Okay, you got the eighty-two games. Baseball has, you know, I mean, it's it's an entire year yes. worth of games. One
1: sixty-two, so, way too many, but, by the way.
2: But but you ha- and you have days that don't matter. You literally have days that don't matter. You have days in basketball. You have days in football where you literally sit your star players down. You literally sit them down because the game does not matter. You, you, you know, it, this load management. You do, other sports do that because they have games. And, and, and that right there is proof positive to me that you have games in these sports that don't matter during the regular season football season you don't get that you you just you it is so rare that you have a game where you don't have to play guys and and if you do get that game it's because your guys have just whooped up on everyone and you have such a commanding lead that once you get towards the playoff you can't advance your playoff situation anymore um but for the most part you see it the 49ers at 13 and 3 had to play to the last second of the last game of the season to secure themselves the playoff spot that they wanted yeah. and by an inch thank you that's that's how you had to i mean you literally had to play to the last second of the season with your best giving their best that's how important football is so it's always there. And that's why it's a real thing. You celebrate every win. I mean, each it's a real thing where guys, you don't you don't take it for granted. I mean, after that game, guys are really in a celebratory mood. I mean, where you're happy out with your family, you are. I mean, the things that you're doing out with your boys and everyone, It's it's a real celebration every week. And you hope you hope to have that 16 times, and you hope to have that going all the way until you're having that party uh, wherever the Super Bowl is. That's 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 why you do it. So the the pressure, the pressure on these guys, you got it. The pressure on these guys, yeah, man, it's 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 there. Um, It's going to be hard. Uh, It'll definitely be hard, and it's harder on some than others. Some guys have always won; they expect it. Some guys are going to come in. And uh, they are going to expect to win because the team has won before. And they don't realize the necessary work yet. That's what a lot of young guys have a a problem with. Uh, They don't understand the work that's involved in doing that. You sometimes get guys from other teams.
1: That don't understand.
2: And they don't understand. Veteran guys. Yes. Yes. Veteran guys that don't understand the way you have to work and the way your organization expects to work to get there. Um, and and that's that's a part of it. So uh, what I do like, I know you have a coaching staff. I know you have an organization that understands that this season has nothing to do with last season. So because you have that, um, that right there will trickle down. Those guys should be able to see it. Uh, from general manager to head coach, to his coaching staff, you you have people in place that understand this is the work that got us here, and this is the standard, period. So the so if you don't live up to that standard, you can't expect to be good. Uh, so that's where it all starts. It's all and I mean, I've always said it. It starts at the top at the very top, from the owner, what's your philosophy? you have a philosophy you 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 work that philosophy you see that it, it has gotten you to where you're supposed to be so they're going to be there and and they're going to work at that level won't be easy it, it won't be easy the reason i say 11 wins and possibly more is because it's a damn good roster they have players
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah that,
2: but that but that doesn't mean that you can't lose i mean the falcons have players and they lost cincinnati has players they and they were the first pick of the draft. Yeah, there, there is no way that team is that bad. There's no way Cincinnati is as bad as as they played last year. It, it, no way. There's they, it's, it's just too much talent in that locker A lot room of talent. to be that bad.
1: A lot of talent on, on that roster. Yes,
2: yes. And you see it every year. We've seen. You see it with the Raiders. You see it. with – I mean, we saw it with the Rams last year.
1: Yeah.
2: The, Ra- the Rams go from winning the Super Bowl. To, I mean, up to being in the Super Bowl to they don't even know how to play.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's interesting. I, I think we're I think once the season kicks off, um these conversations are are going to become a lot more prevalent because then, then you, we're we're really going to see it, right? Like we're really not only are we going to see it, but but the, the Niners obviously going to going to really see, you know, what that's like, you know, facing that, you know, getting getting that other teams um, best shot. This is the Believe yep. in 49ers podcast presented by BetOnline.ag. We got T. Martin coming up. T. Martin, the assistant head coach and also wide receiver coach at Tennessee. And if you're with us last week, you heard we had Charlie Fisher on. Charlie Fisher was the position coach for Brandon Ayuk. Uh, over at ASU. Well, uh, T. Martin was Juwan Jennings' position coach at Tennessee. So we're going to get some insight into Juwan Jennings and just how he may be a steal in, in this draft uh, for the Niners. We'll talk to T. Uh, in just a little bit. But uh, Bleacher Report came out with their list of uh, top 25 acquisitions of the offseason, and it has somewhat of a Niners tilt. Niners are involved in three Uh, of the top 25 uh, acquisitions according to uh, Bleacher Report. Um, And 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 you know
2: what, before before we get to that, and I want to say this really fast, before we get to that Bleacher Report, this is the one thing I do want to say about this team this year and the pressure and Jerry Sanders is going to be hard and all this stuff. Remember what I said before. I'm going to say it again. Yes, pressure, it's going to be there. They won't sneak up on anyone, but I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. Um. Remember, the Niners are the gauntlet.
1: Niners are the gauntlet. That's,
2: they are the gauntlet. So just remember, yes, there's pressure there, but there's pressure on the other teams. Like I said, you're either feeling it or you're applying it. I have a feeling they're, they are going to apply a lot of pressure to other teams. So it won't be easy, just like last season wasn't easy. It doesn't have to be easy. We never expected it to be easy. We just expected to put our foot on your throat. And I believe that's what this team will do. So now let's go to Bleacher
1: Report. <laughs> uh, no, very, not good. Good point uh, by you. Um, the Niners are the gauntlet, and that that kind of was that we learned that we learned that from you uh, last season, and and it, it kind of became a rallying cry amongst uh, the faithful of this podcast, uh, at least. Um, three of the top twenty-five moves uh, in this Bleacher Report list are Niners related. Two of those are in the top seven. Uh, I'm sure you guys can all guess what number one is. Uh, Tom Brady, obviously going to Thomas, Thomas
2: yeah, Brady. Thomas
1: Thomas Brady uh, going to to Tampa Bay. Um, number two was Arizona Cardinals trading for DeAndre Hopkins. Number three yeah. was uh, Joe Burrow getting drafted by the Bengals. Number four Colts trade for DeForest Buckner. Uh, number five was the Bucks trading for Rob Gronkowski. The number six move, according to Bleacher Report, was the Buffalo Bills trading for Stephon Diggs. Um, Number seven was uh, the Dolphins drafting Tua. Number eight was the Niners trading for Trent Williams, Number nine was the Ravens trading for Calais Campbell. Number ten was the Browns signing Jack Conklin. I know the Niners didn't necessarily have the money for Conklin, but that was a mm-hmm. pipe, pipe dream of mine that maybe somehow, some way. Mine but too. They, yeah. They yeah. They, yeah. they ended up getting, <laughs> uh, but they 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 did a they did us a, a one one better, and they ended up getting Trent Williams, something uh, we kind of forgot yeah. about. But um, so I'm not going to go over the whole list. That's the top ten. Number twenty three was the uh, the Saints acquisition. Of Emmanuel Sanders, and if you know you want to read this, you can go ahead and Google it and do all that. But I do want to talk about um, this. To me, this is—I don't want to say an, an indictment, but it—it's a—it's a tale of John Lynch, right? And, and so it, it tells me obviously a, a couple of things. One, his activity, right? He's been active. Mm-hmm. He's been making mm-hmm. moves. Um, and not not only that, these moves. Are being recognized, um, and some of in in two of the three moves, obviously the other team is is featured. Um, you know, it's the Saints acquiring Emmanuel Sanders. It's the Colts acquiring uh, Defoe. But you look at the other side of that, being able to to trade Defoe, who is a guy. That is a difference maker in this league and you don't find a lot of those guys and you need those guys, especially on on that defensive line. But to have the the intestinal fortitude to make that move and we don't know how it's going to pay off, you know, I mean, we all have high hopes for uh for for Javon Kenlaw. um mm-hmm. but we, we 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 in reality we don't know how it's going to pay off but I do uh, um we, <laughs> <laughs>
0: that
2: that dude moves people I'm not asking him to do anything <laughs> I'm not I'm not asking him to do anything he hasn't done since he was 12 years old yeah I'll, I'll, he's gonna line up and I'm gonna say that guy in front of you beat him up that's that's it that's what defensive linemen do and it's not a whole bunch of learning there's there's not a lot to transfer from one system to the next it's it's hand-to-hand combat beat up the guy in front of you he's still a big nasty dude so I know what he's gonna do he's gonna beat people up but let's continue so when when you look at
1: I, and obviously the Trent Williams trade was number 4 but w- when you look at this right there's there's obviously a floor here right um for for Lynch um for 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 what he's done and so far um that's been able to recreate this team and, and be able to get it into the playoffs and, and get them to a super bowl um how how do you think the impact of these moves uh will affect the way Lynch is looked at amongst a GM throughout the circles of the league. Um, I'm not I'm not sure right now he has gotten the credit that he necessarily deserves. Um, and I don't think when you talk about top GMs in the league, I'm not sure that his name is mentioned. How can – when we look at all these moves that have been made and Bleacher Report has, has noted all of them, how can this kind of change um, the – the the landscape in in terms of how we view John Lynch, not necessarily us, but in how the league views John Lynch.
2: Well, the John Lynch will be viewed. John Lynch will be viewed um, by his peers, by reporters, everyone else outside of um, outside of the faithful um, based on um, the same criteria that the faithful have, whether or not you win. So he's, he's come in, and so now, Faithful, you have more of a belief, belief in John Lynch because you were there following the team. Unlike others, you were following the team when it was bad. You were following the team when the locker room was void of talent. So as the talent starts to come in, the wins start to follow, you— have a better understanding of what the guy has done. That guy, by the, I mean, John Lynch, you have a better understanding of the process and what he has done to put that together. So you view him differently. So when you say the rest of the league and, and, uh, and the way he could be possibly viewed by peers outside of it, uh, they weren't really following the team the same way. You, you know what I'm saying? They weren't following it because they people outside of the faithful, they pay attention to the teams that are winning. So when the Niners are bad, you're not watching them. You're not paying any attention to them. You don't know what's going on. So you don't see the process. You don't see the success, the failures, what, what has happened. Um, the picks here the piecing this together. How do you get this group of guys to mesh? the trade? You're not paying attention to all of that. You're just waiting for the flashy headlines. Cause that's all you see. That's all that's reported on. So, At the end of the day, you're looking at this guy, build it up, build it up, build it up. Now you're saying it's time to win. So down to the rest of the viewers and how they're going to evaluate him. Now, do you win? Um, Because if you win, you now put yourself in that executive of the year area. You put yourself in that, uh, you know, you are a consistent guy. You You start to look at these guys. You know, Ozzie Newsome didn't just put teams together; they won. Yeah, right. That's 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 how you become that great guy. You can you can be really good, um, but it's funny how people. Jerry Jones is considered a bad general manager. He is because he is because because they haven't won no actually he's not
1: well no he's considered that yeah
2: he's he's considered a bad general manager because because they haven't won um, but this guy put together a team that won three Super Bowls now it's been a long time okay but in that time he's had other opportunities playoff teams he's gone through you know multiple quarterbacks he keeps his team competitive. He keeps them. I mean, he he's always doing the things, bringing in the talent, piecing together things to where this team has an opportunity to compete for a championship. He gives them that. Uh, he gives them that opportunity um, to to be in the mix. That's that's a good general manager when you continue to, to keep the pieces in the long term good of the team. And I say that because they've been really bad and gotten good and really bad. And gotten good while other teams like the Bengals and the browns are, have been bad for 20 years
1: yeah just just bad yeah
2: just bad ha- haven't been able to pull themselves out of it so 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 when you see that okay you're, you're gonna have some down years but can you build it back up so now back to john so john now you have a squad that's in position to win can you do the other thing do have you put those pieces together? Have you figured out the formula that you have to have? Coaching staff, locker room, uh, on the field. Do you do you have that? Because if so, then that's when you go to that next level. Now, with that being said, the the total view you don't get until you step back. And he has, you know, a lot of years in at the position where other guys will say, regardless of. The championships. This is this guy is good at what he does. That's you know, like the Dimitrov's. You know, they've done it so long at a level level that you start to look at it and you're like, okay, this guy knows how to evaluate talent. He knows how to put people together. He's pretty good at um, uh, resourcing coaches and 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 all these type things. So that's that's where it's going right now. John is on his way. There's no question that he's he's he has been extremely efficient at what he's done. Yeah. Extremely I, efficient.
1: I definitely think he, he's on his way. Um, and, and, and it's been it's been one year. Right. And and so, you know, the the counter to that. Well,
2: no, well you know what? No, it hasn't been. It hasn't been one year. It hasn't. See, well, it, it's, been, the, it's
1: been a process. It's been a process to get to this point. But in terms of yes. the, the results on the field. It's it's been it's been one year, right? Yes.
2: So so I I get what you're saying. So now, yes. And now you have to back that up. You got to back it up. This this is where the John Lynch evaluation really begins, because now you get to see if he's good at his job or if he's great at it. Because if he's great at it, like I came in, I I mean, Alan Webb and John McVay, Tony Rizzano. Those guys that helped put the Niners together, the ones that I was a part of and the ones before me, the ones that they wanted to bring me in and be a piece, those guys were great at what they did. And they have a 20-year track record, 25-year track record and five Super Bowl championships to, that says so. So now that's what you're trying to get upstairs. And, then I, and I know that's, what, that's the way um, uh, John Lynch – and Martin Mayhew, and Keena Turner, and everyone else that's involved. That's the way they want to be viewed. That's the that's how they want that's how they want things uh, to play out for them.
1: Yeah, I, and I I think this is uh I think this is a critical year um for 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 him for the organization for Shanahan, and I say that because there is going to be some turnover in twenty one um. There's gonna, there's gonna, and he's shown the ability to be able to maneuver, to be able to finesse some things. Mm-hmm. He's shown that, um, and, but he, going forward, he's gonna to have to, he's gonna to have to get even more creative, right? Because you, you're gonna to have to pay some guys, right? You're gonna to have to pay some guys, right? You got Kittle that you're gonna to have to pay. You're, you're probably gonna have an entirely revamped secondary. Uh, going going into going into 21 so there there's some finessing some more finessing that's that's going to have to get done um and and that's going to come off the heels of whatever 2020 brings um and so it it, it's it's interesting but I think I think this is kind of the start like you said kind of the start uh for him and, and for you know the entire league to see just just what sort of 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 GM he is, and and yeah. how he can kind of separate separate himself. Now, of all these moves, wh- is there one that you deem more significant than the other? Whether it's whether Sand whether it's Sanders walking, whether it's the trade uh, of Defoe or the acquisition of Trent Williams. Which which of those three? Which is another contract? You're you're, you're another guy. You're also going to have to pay um, going forward. Um, and the, the the two the two sides have talked about you know wanting to work something out so you know we'll we'll see where that goes um so there's there's some money to be handed out by by Lynch going forward but of those yeah. three moves that that Bleacher Report has in its its top twenty five Sanders walking trading Defoe or acquiring Trent Williams is there one that you deem more significant than the other
2: Oh Trent Williams by far Okay uh, Trent Williams I mean, Defoe Defoe left, and you and like you you know I've already spoken on that. Defoe left, he, he he's gone. He was a very productive player. He set the standard in that room. You got a team captain and all these things. But okay, the money you got to look at it. You're going to lose some good players. That's going to happen. So what's easier to replace, a defensive tackle, or a left tackle, a Pro Bowl All Pro? Left tackle. Yeah, those guys don't I, I, just I mean, grow on trees. I, I, I mean, a guy, a guy that not only was he your left tackle, but he was one of your
0: core
2: guys, and and that's and that's and you're going to identify eight to twelve guys on a fifty-three man roster. Eight to twelve guys are what you're going to build your team around, and you lost a core guy. That has been a part of it since John Lynch is taking over, taken over as the GM, as since Kyle Shanahan has taken over. The last thing they've ever had to concern themselves with is a left tackle, and to be able to go out and, and, and upgrade that position. Yeah, that's huge. That, that's that's huge. That's huge when you're talking about competing for a championship. I mean, that's not not only not only do you go out and you get someone, but you get someone in this crazy, crazy offseason that already knows your system. That's an upgrade. So that right there, that's that's the biggest move pulling that one off. That's I, I there was no way I thought that was going to happen.
1: Yeah, I I and, yeah. and, and, and I, I didn't see it coming either. Um in, in all honesty, um what, what do you think? Which what moves which which I, move is I, it for I, you? I I agree with you. I, I think it's Trent because I mean, we've talked about why we see you know how much I love Emmanuel Sanders and what he, what he brought to the team and and how much I, I still, you know, I'm still clamoring for that vet, you know, to be be in the room. Um and 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 Defoe was just so instrumental. All that Despite all of that, I mean, get getting a guy like upgrading your 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 stalwart there at left tackle, and Joe Staley was, I mean, he he was no slouch. You know what I mean? Like you're talking about, you know, one of the cornerstones of the organization for the better Absolutely. part of the last decade or so, right? And and to to actually upgrade that position after he retires, um, I, I I'd have to go with Trent Williams, and uh, and especially after watching his film and paying more attention to him now than, than I have in previous years. I mean that that's that 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 that's kind of a that that's kind of a no brainer for me, um, because he, it, that position is so key. That position is so important. And on top of that, not only do you upgrade him, but in these times in in which you know you got virtual meetings and guys can't uh-huh. get on the field, uh-huh. this that and the other, and a guy that know like he knows the playbook, like he was yeah. drafted for this offense. Um, yes, that's yes. that's just the the cherry on the top, and and in his words, not mine. Like he can go in there and get in the huddle and play right now. Um, his word; these are his words, not mine. And Trent's he, words.
2: And and Trent feels more comfortable in this offense. Yeah. His, he feels he personally feels that, which is a huge huge thing for a player. He he feels that his skill set is best suited to work within this type of office, which means he's going to be that much more comfortable and nasty out there. So, I mean, that's that right there. That That's the one uh, I think you can replace the production. Um, well, you know what? I'm like, yes, I, I'll just say it. No, you, you lost default. You won't have default, but you will have a productive player in that position. You already have other productive players on the roster and you drafted another one who will be productive. And, you know, I, I keep saying that 72 defensive linemen, the defensive front is fine. Yeah. Um, yeah th- th- that it's not a knock on default in any way. Just like wh- what we talked about Trent being an upgrade is not a knock on Joe Staley. It's an is <laughs> it's, it's just, it, it just is that way. It's just, and, and that's what we tend to do here. We just say how it is. Um. So, so it's that that was huge. And let's just see how it all plays out to whether or not, uh, you know, John, as we said, whether or not they are considered a good front office or a great front office. Uh, championships bring greatness.
1: Yeah, we uh we, we shall see. I think when you look at some of the things that that that, that uh, John Lynch has done, one of them um you know, all these acquisitions, of course, and, and then obviously this draft. This this has been a very important draft and, and to see how these guys play out. Um one of them, of course, is Jawan Jennings. Um we're we're gonna talk to T Martin uh about Jawan in just a second. Um but first this from Bet Online. And uh I mean we're heading towards Memorial Day weekend now. And um, I, mean, I mean, it's here and, and, and things are still not necessarily back to normal, but some casinos are starting to open up. Um, there are, you know, some sports that are coming back. Um, and, and as we continue to wait this thing out at home, we can we can still have some fun betting uh, with our partner, betonline.ag. No NBA, no NHL, no MLB. But don't worry, betonline still has hundreds of games, events and sports to wager on. NASCAR is back, right? They were they were racing in front of no fans, um, er, earlier this week, you got the Madden and the NBA 2K simulations. There's a 10,000 Madden bracket challenge. Also, the UFC online casino with poker and blackjack. And coming up on Sunday, Bet Online has ex Chicago Bull, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, Craig Hodges, Long Beach State's finest, by the way, and Ron Harper joining to discuss the Michael Jordan doc. On what they are calling the final dance. Oh, what about that? The final dance. Can't wait for that. Oh,
0: (laughs) man. Those guys have had
1: a lot to say since the last dance. And so. <laughs> hmm, things getting a little bit interesting. Get your popcorn ready, as T.O. used to say. They're still fun to be had. So go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MyPod to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use the promo code MyPod100. Bet online, your online wagering solution the final dance coming up on sunday wow that's that's going to be uh some musty tv mm. um, we were we were talking about <laughs> yeah that, i mean horace, run over horace, that. horace grant has already come out with some things um craig hodges i've heard him uh, on, you, on when, a radio when, show uh yeah when
2: i first heard it when i first heard it and you know all of that talking and all that woofing. I was just like, I just, I just can't see, I can't see. Oh, why can't I think of his name now? Oh, boy, that left Chicago and went to New York. You know who I'm talking. Oh, Oakley.
1: Oakley. Yeah.
2: I was, I was like, I guarantee you not once, not one time when they were on that practice um, court that Mike, run up on oakley yeah no i don't yeah that that i mean you talk about you talk about, why, you talk why, about a like,
1: business decision there right yeah like. that's <laughs>
2: what like all all of that talk that's what i told you before See, I like that weak mind like that does not play in a football locker room i'm sorry it doesn't matter the smallest guy on the team the only guy that's not going to snap someone on a football team is a kicker yeah that's that's the that's the only guy that's going to walk away and it's just, and, and I don't know, and, and that may just be an understood thing. It's, it's, it's no knock on them. It's just they, those are the only ones I've ever seen that that'll just take it and just like move on. But they're different dudes anyway, for the most part. They're just different kind of dudes the way they think. Uh, but the the other guys that bang heads for a living, no, and I that's gonna be fun oh man is
1: is it ever uh craig Craig hodges came out like craig hodges was mad that he wasn't included in uh the last dance um well you know
2: why he wasn't
1: yeah yeah he he was he was gonna say some things that that would have went went against mike um and, and mike's uh you know telling of these stories um and so oh wow BetOnline.ag. Make sure you guys uh, check that out. The final dance coming up on Sunday. Um, We're going to talk to T. Martin. And uh, Niners drafted Jawan Jennings uh, in the seventh round, and and Jennings came out of the University of Tennessee. T. Martin was his position coach there uh, for his final season. Uh, One thing about Jawan Jennings, uh, you know, there were some things that, that people didn't necessarily uh, like about him in terms of the the, the speed, right? He ran a 4.7. Mm-hmm. Um, also had some off-the-field issues. We're going to talk to T. Martin about all of that. And uh, we're going to sing a little Sweet Home Alabama, perhaps. It's going to be a reunion of sorts of two of Alabama's finest. So we got t- Tennessee uh, wide receiver coach and assistant head coach T. Martin coming up on the other side of the break. This is the Believe in 49ers podcast. But first this.
3: Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
1: And we're pleased to be joined now by T. Martin, wide receiver, assistant head coach at the University of Tennessee, also coached Jawan Jennings uh, during his time uh, as a Vol. T., appreciate you for joining us here on the Believe in 49ers podcast.
3: Man, thanks for having me on, man. Excited to be here. Uh-huh.
1: Appreciate it, man. Um, before we get started, just just wanted to see how 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 everything's going with you and the family down there. Um, how are you guys, you know, holding up during these these quarantine times?
3: Man, everything's going good. I really appreciate that, and I hope everything's going well for you and your family. Uh, but we're doing good, man. We're we're a sports family, so you get a little bit stir crazy having uh, active uh, kids, and, and me and my wife on the get out and do more but we're being saved being smart about everything we do uh protecting not only ourselves but those around us but uh we've had to be very creative with our backyard and uh in every room in the house
1: yeah i i i can imagine that um a lot of lot of stir craziness going on uh around here well t first first thing i want to ask you um, you're starting to read some things about Jawan since the draft happened, and and it, it uh, a lot of people are thinking the Niners somewhat were able to get a steal in him. Uh, you know, being able to take him so late in the seventh round, what, what type of player are are they getting in, in Jawan Jennings?
3: No, I really agree with that. Uh, in terms of getting them where they got him, um, in the draft, but Jawan is a multi-purpose player, uh, a guy who can line up as an outside receiver, line up as an inside receiver. He can. He was a high school quarterback, so if you notice, we did a lot of things with Juwan, uh in the wildcat position, uh, whether he was running the ball. We actually had a few throws for him. We didn't get to him in games, but uh, we did have him in, and he could execute him at practice. Uh, special teams. He's one of those guys that um, doesn't want to come off the field and, Uh, From a mentality standpoint, you're going to get toughness. You're going to get grit. You're going to get a guy who loves the game. That's that's the one thing that I would say uh, that sticks out the most to me about Jawan. And and you guys know, man, when you have a teammate that shows up every day with a smile on his face, jumping around on the practice field, it kind of picks up everybody. And uh, Jawan was that guy for us uh, here at Tennessee. Oh, yeah, you're right. That that is something that, that can become
2: infectious when you have that type of attitude in a guy. See, uh, you, you know, this is the thing. You know, um, next level ball. Um, and and it, it's one thing for a guy to come in and have all of that energy and perform at the college level, but you know, once you go up there with all the big boys, uh, there are certain techniques, certain things that you need to be able to work work with. Uh, how prepared? Or do you think he's ready to come, especially with this the, this offseason being so different, unprecedented? Um, how prepared yeah. do you think he is to hit the
3: field running and, and be
2: ready to play the pro game?
3: No, that's, that's a great question. And whenever you think about the transition from college to pro, the first thing that I always notice, uh, you know, being a former quarterback, you are talking about wide receivers. It's the mental aspect of it. A lot of guys come from college to pro, and they're shocked by the terminology. They're shocked by the bulk of offense. They're shocked by how fast the defense can execute, things of that nature. Well, Juan is one of the smartest receivers I've ever coached, and that's saying a lot given the guys that have been. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to coach. Uh, what are you talking about, Robert Woods and Randall Cobb and, Marquise Lee and Nelson Aguilar, Juju Smith-Schuster—all these guys. Uh, Jawan, from a football intellect standpoint, is right up there uh, with the top. And from a terminology, we're very similar. We're we're West Coast driven, uh, West Coast inspired, I would say. So conceptually, he'll understand plays. Uh, Technique-wise, Juan is gonna do what it takes to get better at whatever it is. And for us, uh, I only had one year with them, one off season. And when I first got the job, he kind of looked at me side-eyed, kind of like, you want me to do what? You want, to do, you want to do this drill? Like, what, what, huh? And uh, he bought in because ultimately when you are a player who loves the game, the one thing that you care about is getting better. Like, every day you come to the field to get better. And Jawan, when he realized that I was going to push him hard and, and force it on him to get better, he was like, okay, I can rock with this dude. And, uh, and you start to see him come on from a technique standpoint uh, things like playing with good pad level, using his hands, using his feet at the line of scrimmage, being able to use that big, strong body and strong hands uh, to create separation and catch the ball away from his body. Those are the things that I saw in the year that I had him uh, that he improved on. And I just think that the way he's working out right now, not only in preparation for the draft, but when I check in with him, he's always somewhere training and working out, I think he's going to continue to to develop and continue to, to improve. <laughs> Gee, uh, you know what? I,
2: I like everything you just said, but but you started just enough about one of the smartest. I always wanted to know who's one of the dumbest guys you ever coached. <laughs>
0: oh, oh, <man.
2: laughs> he, <geez>. You got <laughs> to get me beat
0: up man. I had to ask, him you know, He's one of the
2: smartest guys. I'm like, you know. We
3: all know those dumb guys, but we never want to call them out. <laughs> but they, they they do exist. Oh right? my God! Hey, I always say they uh, they they're, they're conceptually challenged. <laughs> <laughs> you know? but but some of them, some of those guys that can't get it in the in the classroom, they can put it together on the field, man. Like it's been, and you know, players like that, man. You can say yes. something, and they, maybe they get nervous or they're. They're shy or whatever, but then you put them on the field, and they get to the ball faster than everybody. So, you know, I can't figure that part of it out, but uh, <laughs> I, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Na- national champion quarterback T. Martin now back at his alma mater as the wide receiver coach and assistant head coach at the University of Tennessee, joining us here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. Uh, T. You-, you talked about him, you know, being one of the smartest players, but from a physical standpoint, some of the things that people shied away on was was because you know his forty time wasn't as fast or his vertical, you know, wasn't wasn't as high, um, but. Yeah. You knowing the game and 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 knowing football speed and and things that you know he can actually get done on the football field, not necessarily in 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 tights, in uh, shorts. Um, how, how do you foresee that that tra- that transition happening for him in a Niners uniform?
3: Well, Jawan is what he is, and uh, you know numbers don't lie. So you know you can't he can't get around any of that. Those are facts. that that's what he is, right? And you know he was a fifth year senior. So how much do you going to improve on those things? I don't know. This is the one thing that I judge players on, right? How fast do they play football, All right? How, how fast do they play football? And uh, Jawan, for the numbers that you mentioned, to not be as glorified or as, uh, you know, shining like some of these other guys out there, when you turn on the tape, he's running by guys who actually yeah. run for yeah. threes. They're running for fours. And, Some of your DBs, uh, not only in our league, but in other leagues, that are very highly regarded, uh, some of them drafted, some of them will be drafted, this guy had his way with them, whether it was this past season or his junior season. When you look at the film of Jawan Jennings throughout his career at Tennessee, I think last year he really excelled. Uh, He was technically better things of that nature. But uh, when you look around our league, uh, and I have a lot of respect for the DBs and the defensive minds in our league, he tried everything to stop this guy, and uh, and throughout his whole career, haven't been able to do it. uh, When you see him in one-on-one, now you're going from a college game that is majority zone, zone pressures, things of that nature, to an NFL game that's majority man-to-man, when he played against man-to-man teams is when he had his best games. And so, for me, uh, that's a deal that, when I was talking to teams who came through and were no questioning me about Juwan. I said, I think he's going to thrive once he gets to your league because of the style of play of which he plays with. He's a big body, physical guy who's going to will himself into making plays, and that's what man to man is all about.
2: See, I like what you're saying right there because that's what you want a player to do. Is, is you, you don't want to peak too soon. You want a guy to continue to excel and grow, and there are players that do that. I personally think I was one. I think I, I think I got I got bigger, I got smarter, I got better as I got older, as I got into the pros because I learned how to play the game. Now one thing coming into this game while you're going through that um, maturation period to get on a squad, I, I tell Ray all the time, you, you you don't make you don't make the team as a backup. You gotta be a starter either on offense, yeah. defense, or teams. Now, it may be hard for Juwan to get it. Um, starting out as a, as one of the starting receivers, but you got to have that crash test mentality, um, you know, that crash test dummy mentality to be a teens guy. Uh, how do you think you know, he's going to fall into that role? What's his mindset if, if he has to come out and be a teens guy to start off his career?
3: Right. You know, as we, we were talking about earlier, I, I really think that he, he will make the name, and I can't, I don't know who's on their roster. You know, I've kind of picked up with 49 is later in the season but uh following my my mobile guys my, our alabama guys got to keep them safe mm-hmm. there but uh long story short juwan has always been a team's guy for us uh whether it was the kickoff return team kickoff team going down making tackles punt return team uh punt team uh he's the guy that i feel uh will find value uh or, or, or a roster spot uh picking up things on special teams And just knowing Jawan and how competitive he is, also knowing how versatile he is, Jawan is someone that you can line up any place and be creative with him. And so you're talking about a guy who can be on the board on your roster as a wide receiver but can potentially line up in a lot of places. And so uh, I I think Jawan was a treat for us. And we were just, you know, I really resent the fact that we only had him for one year. You know, myself and Jim Chaney uh, coming in, uh, putting this offense together. Once we started towards the middle of the year, realizing, like, oh, this is what we have in Jawan Jennings, well, okay. We opened it up a lot more, but if we had known what that potential was like earlier in the season, you probably would have seen more production out of Jawan from a number standpoint because we would have known what we could have done with him sooner. Uh, I say all that to say uh, he's a value pick, he's someone that. In the the seventh round, who is a value on special teams, he's a value at wide receiver, he's a value as someone that can do things in the backfield, I think he'll find his way uh, on
1: the bus. T. Martin joining us here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. T., you talked about his competitive nature, um, and it's been talked about a lot, and uh, it's been a, a huge plus for him. It's also gotten him into a little bit of trouble prior to you guys getting there. But you and and, and Jeremy Pruitt, that staff there, you guys championed him, not necessarily even knowing him, Um, you know, once you guys got there to campus. What was it about him that that made you guys want to champion him so much? And and how do you think that's related into him being in the position he is now?
3: No, that's a great point. Uh, You know, what happened in the past, it happened. It was well documented. It was what it was. Uh, And I'm a Tennessee guy, you know, I wasn't. You know, like Jeremy Pruitt, who came in from another college and didn't have a history with Tennessee, you know, when things were happening here, I was able to call and find out what was really going on, right? So I had a better idea of who Jamar Jennings was. And so uh, when I took this job, the one thing that you can never um, take for granted is when you ask people around the building about a person, what they say about that person and you know whatever the media were saying about him it was what it was but people in the building everybody to a man to a woman said you guys have to have him on the team you got to have him on the team and when people say that and they're passionate about it it says something about that young man and uh coach Pruitt was here the year before i got here he uh, made the decision to have him back on our football team and it's the best thing that we did not only was he a culture Uh, He he affected our culture on the offense, but he affected the team culture. Uh, Just the way he he carried himself, the way he competed every day on the practice field, on the game field, when you needed someone to make a play, regardless of where it was, he was always that guy. And so uh, that's all I can speak to his past in terms of before I got here and and once I became his coach. See, that's that's it for me. you, You have answered
2: everything I need to know about it.
3: Good man, but I'm, I'm a huge 49ers fan. You know, my dad played college ball with Jay Rice, and uh, I grew up, I uh, ended my career with the Raiders, but I grew up watching the 49ers. My aunt lives out. I, I'm just like,
1: thrilled because I, I get to talk to two of Alabama's finest right now. So this is just a treat for me. Um, <laughs> hey, man,
3: I'm trying to be like ED against that Sports Hall of Fame, man. I'm, I'm working on it. Hey, <laughs> you know, we're
2: trying to get the T. Hey, man, you need me. You know how to find me. You, 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 it, any Anytime. But I, I, I've told people for a long time, if you're trying to fill out a rock star, you got to do it, go to Alabama. They there keep go. On, they keep sleeping on us. You know, everybody talks about Florida and Texas, but um, you you go through. We could at, at every position. At every position, we can get you yeah, somebody yeah. to get the get the job done. When <laughs> you look at the look at the state there with the Niners. Um, neither one of them played
3: at SEC schools. You didn't play in SEC, but what is thirteen? played 13 14 years. Uh huh. Uh-huh. you been a long time, man. But uh, you know, those guys get overlooked. There's so much talent in that state.
1: Uh, that when the SEC schools pass them over, guys go and they continue to develop and turn out being great players. That's awesome. T. Martin joining us here on the Believe in Forty ers podcast. T. We appreciate you taking the time, man. And uh, you and your family be well uh, during these quarantine times. And congrats, man! Another another wide receiver. I mean, you got Randall Cobb, you got you got Woody as you mentioned, Marquise Lee, Juju Smith. Now Jawan Jennings here, another one. Plus so many others. So uh, congrats to you once again, and keep doing what you're doing.
3: Hey, brothers, I appreciate y'all having me on. Y'all be safe. Take care. Yeah,
1: you too, man. Right you too. Okay. Peace. So just slap me right there in the middle of an Alabama sandwich. How about that? Uh, two, of, <laughs> two of Alabama's finest. Shout out to Fusackley's, by the way, Uh don't know if 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 you guys have heard about this. So Fooseac, so I, I said earlier in the pod, I, I feel like I'm an honorary member of uh, of Alabama. My brother lives in Mobile. I have a niece in Mobile mm-hmm. as well. Um, so Fusackley's biggest, baddest chicken strips, chicken tenders, whatever you want to call them, in the country.
2: Um, Do you go there? Do you go there much?
1: I, I honestly I don't okay. go there much. I, I probably would or should go there more.
2: Um, if you go the next time you go, I'm gonna tell you a place you need to go to. It's a cool restaurant and bar down in Mobiles called Kazula. Kazula. It's called Kazulas. Yes, yes. K A Z O O L A. It's it's um Kazulas. Kazula. Um, uh, it's named after a, a guy, Louis Louis Cujo. His name was actually Kuzula, but Louis Cujo. He was the last. He's the. He was the actual last slave um, in captivity in um, Mobile. No kidding. He he also, um, and and this place is owned by his bloodline. He he is one of the few. This the, the guy who owns it now. He is one of the few because Kazula kept he kept track of his family, his people, where he was from. He passed it down. So he, so this family in that place, it's it's a it's like a jazz club, cigar bar, good food, everything. But it's 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 like a it's a museum. It's really a Black History Museum when you go through the pictures and the manifest on the wall where you will see where they were doing the census. Um, in you know in the 1800s and they were writing down the people's names where they were from you will see like when you look at um um lewis cujo you'll see that his 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 original name was kazula they have you know where he came from in africa whether or not he was he's owned currently it's it's a it's incredible you look at it. but this guy can trace back his people i can't do it i don't know if you can Man, do no, it i can't but do he, it he can he can literally trace back his family to the exact spot they were taken from. So he knows all no of kidding. his people all the way back to Africa. Yeah. So, but but Kizoola, thats the name of the place. That's how we got into that. But you know, that's I know story time with Ed. But I mean, it's 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 an incredible story on how the guy did that and and how he even started to uh, like this African township that he started to where they started to buy. The property when they were free they started to get the property in that area so there's like a whole section of mobile um where it's all owned by this family and and he's like um the housing and all of this stuff to where where he's building up the houses and the restaurants and and all of it so that he can allow the people of mobile to be able to get in that can't afford loans all this type of stuff it, but it's it's a it's a really great store it's a really good place to support that's 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 the end of my story right
1: no there No kidding I'm gonna have to talk to Big Bro about that. No doubt. Next, yeah. next time I'm out yeah. there you're gonna have to gonna have to hit up Kazulas. Um yeah. that was uh that was cool to see you and you and T talk 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 uh Alabama stuff. Um and he talked about Ju- <laughs> he talked about Juwan and, and he talked about and this is something that we we've talked about as well, um football speed. Right, mm-hmm. like, like he he got torched because he he ran a four or seven. But T's telling us like, you know, some of the best corners in the draft and or, or best you know best corners either in yeah. this year's draft or they're going to be some of the best coming up in, in in next year's draft. You know, he torched those guys. You know, he he was able to run past those guys that that have pretty good speed. Um,
2: you, and it says something. It says and something. And it, and it, it says thing a thing lot. And, and I also like how T phrased it where. It is your numbers are your numbers because people always talk about that. Well, you know, well the guy, you know, he's faster than that or he's this. No, it's you know your numbers are your numbers and and you can't sit here and try and make those up. You know, if you can only lift what if you can only do two, 10 times, that's what you do it. It's like you're not all of a sudden going to do a twenty. Um, if you if you run a four seven, you run a seven. The question is, are you? capable of making plays. Are you capable of getting yourself in position? Uh Toy Cook. I know you remember that name. Yeah, I remember was, Toy was, Cook. Was, but a, Toy Cook used to say it all the time where guys used to always talk tell him you know they would talk about makeup speed. Uh and his 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 patented phrase, you're talking about his toyism, he said, My trick is that I don't get myself in position to where I have to catch up. So makeup speed is not an issue. Yeah. And, and so it's it's how you play the game. So that if you know how to set a guy up and get behind him, guess if I'm in front of you and I step in front of you as a wide receiver, if I run a four seven, you have to run a four eight. Yeah. Because if you if you run and step on me, it's pass interference. So it's it's about knowing how to play the position. And T believes, and we were trying to get at it. He, he believes that this is this is a player that will surprise someone, and that's what you want—an overachiever.
1: Yeah. Um, it, it, it. Another thing about Jawan that I found interesting was the fact that he was a quarterback. Um, yeah. Coming out of high school. Um, and and not just a quarterback. Like he was one of the top quarterbacks, uh, in the country coming out of high school. And uh, and and, and it, it seems like those guys make that transition. They see the game uh a little bit differently, in a sense that um, because they, they kind of know what the quarterback's thinking uh in a way yeah. and, and and so it it really helps uh the quarterback it helps them in terms of what their routes but it helps the quarterback as well
2: yeah well it it, it truly does and you understand what the guys are seeing uh it, it's just like playing defensive back you you can't it, it's hard to do things in play and play in multiple ways until you really understand offense uh, because the game gets so much easier, but wide, wide receivers—norm—we talk about it all the time. Wide receivers normally take a while to transition into the league simply because of that. They have to learn. You've heard me say this: you, a, a wide receiver and a quarterback have to be able to see the same thing. Yeah, that, that's the 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 quarterback, I mean, the wide receiver, young wide receivers. That's the hardest part. First of all, they're trying to figure out how do I get away from this dude who is so much faster and better and stronger and quicker than anyone I've, I've ever faced um, at the line of scrimmage. Now, everybody just moved. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, they snapped the ball, and nobody is where they just were. Nothing has happened. So now you have to be able to figure out the defenses and see what a quarterback sees. So transitioning, and, and you've seen that in a lot of, a lot of guys – have been able to make that transition. Um, uh, and when you understand it like that, yeah, it it helps them play faster. It helps them figure it out. They understand what it is that the, the offensive coordinator is trying to get the quarterback to do. So, it, you know, it, it does help with that transition. And hopefully that'll help the same with, um, uh, you know, moving in right now. It, it'll help, you know, with all with the younger guys that are coming in right now.
1: Yeah, he um, it's 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 uh, it's very interesting. You look at, you look at you know his. If you're into recruiting, um, he was he was a top five quarterback in his class in in the country, um, coming out in high school and his class was, um, ridiculous. It was it was one of the well he was he was a top he was a top five he was a top five dual threat quarterback. But his class was ridiculous. it is is one of the the top. Um, the top quarterback classes we've seen in, in recent history, and, and, and I'm just going to go through the names of some of the guys that was in his class. Um, Jared Stidham, who's now with the, the Patriots. Uh, Kyler Murray, familiar with him, of course, right? Um, Juwan Jennings was fifth. Right behind him was Sam Darnold. And right behind Darnold was Joe Burrow, who who was going to Ohio State at the time, and and at number nine was some guy named Lamar Jackson, <laughs> who people <laughs> who uh, Ozzie you talked about Ozzie Newsome uh, earlier on that was that was somewhat of a, a parting gift that Ozzie Newsom left uh, the, the the, what, the Ravens though. Ravens organization. Uh, I tell you
2: what though,
1: maybe he should have stayed at quarterback. It may be. Um, he he. he <laughs> <laughs> He uh he he certainly was he was ranked up there amongst amongst the nation's elite um at the dual as, as a dual threat quarterback and some of, some of the pro style quarterbacks in that class included uh you know Josh Rosen who who's who's with the the, the Dolphins right now mm-hmm. um and, and so that was that was a that was an incredible class um we uh we had a little bit of story time with you earlier uh Ed um but I want to get into something else we were all treated over the weekend to the NFC Championship game how many times have you watched that game?
2: Um lost, how many times have I watched it? yeah um from start to finish, I've never watched it once i', really? I watched I, th- this past um weekend when they were playing it, that's the most I've ever seen of that game. I've never' I've, yeah, I've never watched it. I, I never even watched the tape. I've never watched that game and so I saw I saw a lot of the game um on there and I, you know because i I have it in my head and I remember it so it was like looking at things that I remember the conversations that we were having doing plays. You know when things went well, when things went wrong, yeah. So, but that's that's the most I've ever seen of that game was when it was on television the other day.
1: What What do you think contributed? I mean, obviously you guys were a good team, not not, not taking anything mm-hmm. from that. But that fast start, um, was that just pent up frustration, um, um, and no. all rolled up into it? Like, what do you think contributed to the fast start that that you guys? Had? Um,
2: we were prepared. We we were prepared. We 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 knew the important we had gotten our butts kicked um so it wasn't pent-up frustration we were just the year before we had lost to the best team we had ever played so we knew that we had to play our best so we prepped to play our best we worked on it we did everything all year long and we worked on being our best and the trick is to not peak too soon but you see a lot of teams that are really, really good in um, mid-November. Yeah, um, and you're well, like, you how see... did this team not go? Yeah, yeah. How did they not yeah. make it to the Super Bowl? Or how did? Yeah. Or teams, yeah, or teams, teams really, really good in December, and then that first playoff game is, it's like stuff it falls apart because they they spent all of their energy in that December, and and you know they couldn't sustain it. So that was one, that was the thing. We, I mean, we were just prepared. We were prepped and ready. We knew what was happening. I mean, I intercepted that ball because I knew what was about to happen. Yeah. I knew what was about to happen, and the trick is to not let them know that you know. It's a chess match. Troy's too good. Troy's too accurate, and the 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 trick is to let him think. And and I got him. And we talked about that. I got him on that tr- one simple thing that I knew I had to do is actually what got him on that particular play. is we're playing a trap coverage. Now, we had it, it was it was great that we had the right call. We didn't need to change the call. It's one of those things that that lets me know my defensive coordinator knew what was what was coming up. So he he put us in position to be able to make a play. So, if I just stand up and show Troy that I'm playing and you know that I that I'm in the flat, And we're playing this trap coverage. He's not going to throw the ball. So one simple thing, I got on Mike. I got got up in Mike like I was pressing Michael Irvin, and all I did was take one step, just put my hands on, and took one step with my back turned to Troy, which made him think we were in man coverage. He thought we were playing a a man under because he sees the safety, because he can see the safety. So he sees the safeties up high. He thinks we're playing trail man. So since he's so since we're playing trail man, he knows that that's going to be an inside technique. So now K-Dub is outside. He has an outside break with an inside technique, which is where Tyrone Drakeford was. So Tra- Tyrone's inside. He sees me turn my back. He thinks I'm playing inside. So he's got the outcut because my back's turned. So I took one, two steps and turned, and here it comes. Yeah, and it was, and it was just, it was that simple. So those, those, are the little nuances of playing a game and being prepped. And that's what I'm saying. I was prepared for what was happening. So you think about it. That we get back out there the next series, and it's, it's not even, it's not just me knocking the ball out of Irv's hand. It's all the other guys just coming to it, knowing where things are to be there. Tim McDonald jumping on that ball. I believe it was him jumping on the ball. It may have been Drake, but I'm not even sure. But with that, you think about the kickoff. after. And now, defensively, everyone talks about So think about the preparedness. Defensively, I get a pick. We come out the next series. I knock it out. The offense gets the ball. Boom, boom. They score a touchdown. They were ready. This is a defense that had given them problems. Boom, boom. Ricky's in the end zone. We kick off. Talk about all phases being ready. The, you kick off to this team. They kick the second time they kick off to them. Boom. Ball out. Special teams causes a fumble. Okay. All three phases are contributing, ready to play within the first 10 minutes of the game. And then the offense gets that ball. Boom, boom they're in the end zone. So that's, that's the thing. It was just, it was just being prepped and ready and refusing. So like we had lost and it was a year later that we finally got a chance. Nothing else matters. That's the mindset that this team has to be in this year when you talk about, it. is there pressure? Yeah. Um, but you're the gauntlet. Everybody else was in our way every other team including Dallas they were in our way we felt we believed we had worked to be champions and it was time for us to be champions and no one was going to take that away from us we weren't, we didn't want to be a really good team we wanted to be a great team and we had to cut we had to top that off and everybody was in our way and we were prepared to take out whomever was in our way and the regular season things are going and you're trying to do it and, and you're trying to get yourself to morph into this machine that is peaking at the right time and it was time to peak
1: <laughs> yeah I mean you, you certainly did the the I, the there's been a lot of like you know old games played um on tv you know during this quarantine time I'm big I'm a big college hoops guy so I remember you know the first like it's probably like the first weekend of this right when March first couple weekends of this March madness got canceled uh, they were playing some old games I watched a good amount of that Kentucky uh Duke game from 92 but I hadn't really watched anything until then I saw your tweet and I immediately turned it on and um and I watched pretty much the whole game like I hadn't watched an entire game um of, of any of these games pretty much probably all quarantine and so the nostalgia was like at an all-time high right like not only was it'll win for the Niners and, you know, me going back and, and kind of reminiscing on that and, and those feelings. But like, but Madden and Summerall, like, I mean, I know you played, right? So you, you didn't really get to hear these guys, yeah. but like, yeah. man, like that. Oh, it was, that was, that was, a, it yeah, that was so exactly great. Kind of
2: cool hearing that. And, you know, and can I tell you the greatest part of it is something it's funny. It's a different feeling when you're on the field the roar of the crowd and the way it is it's all it's it can become white noise because you're so locked in and you're so focused on what it is you're doing and i mean you're literally you're talking to guys because we're we're, i wasn't just out there on a play on on a running play if a guy caught a ball it's just like from the time you get your play call you're coming out and you're calling strong right you're doing this you're telling the guys you know, watch for crack, watch for this, you know, you know, you know, Backfield says you're talking about all types of things. The ball is snapped. The play is going. Um, you're coming in to make a tackle. I'm screaming inside, inside, outside, outside. I'm talking to the other guy so that he knows, you know, if, if because if you're a linebacker coming outside and you're running and you hear outside, outside, you know, you can take that inside shot at it. You don't have to worry about him getting around you. Or if you hear crack, you know something's coming to get you and you're preparing yourself for that blow. Also there's constant talking. So you don't hear the crowd the way you hear the crowd when I was watching that game, and I was like, "Damn, it, it was, was loud and rocking!" Yeah,
1: it was <laughs> rocking. Like I, that was the one of the first, As soon as I turned on, it on, was the first thing I noticed. Uh, I send bad, send like, tweet like Candlestick is rocking right now. Like it was, it was insane. But it Madden. One thing that Madden and Summerall, they were man, they were man, they were so good. Um, but but one thing that they they I thought they did an excellent job at. Was talking about um, what you guys did defensively, um, and and it seemed to have kind of surprised Dallas in a sense. Maybe caught them a little bit off guard. What what went into the thinking of you starting on Irvin and Dion um, starting on Harper? What what kind of went in, went into that mindset when you guys were game planning for this one?
2: Uh, because we knew what they like to do, what and what they like to do was um, Irv was he was the centerpiece of their passing game so since he was the centerpiece of the passing game he moved around a lot more um, the our defense was going to be designed to where whenever we did any type of combination stuff it was going to be to Irv's side Uh, I, I simply knew the defense better you know, we've had this discussion about, so I knew everything. I knew the defense. I knew where everybody was going to be, what everything was going on and what we're going to do. So it was it. So for me to be in that situation to where things can go from man to zone, where it can go to, it can go from man to, to a zone where you're a 3D zone or to where you were in a combination zone with a linebacker. Someone moves. Now you're in a combination with the safety. Um, someone else moves. You're back to man. So all of that stuff could happen, based on you know Moose Johnson simply going from left to right. It could switch the defense, um, and you know, and Dallas at that time with Zampezi, you know, they would shift Novacek to tight end. It was a lot of shifting, a lot of movement, and things like that. So that that had a that had a, a, a part in it, doing it that way, and um, and then having you know, so, so that that was that was the thinking of, behind that. So just come in, and you're gonna put the guys in position to where all the all the um, um, communication of the switching. It was just I just knew it all. It was it so
1: was that, a, it was a great performance all around. I mean, you had a pick, Deion had a pick. the Defensive line mm-hmm. got after it. I mean, Aikman's jersey was just.
2: Oh. I mean, we have the yeah. D. I mean, beat I line. Th- I, th- I mean, the, the I,
1: entire defense. I mean, was just. I like- mean, even
2: down to Red Hall. I I had forgotten about Red Hall just just beating guys up in that game. But it, I mean, we had we had linemen on top of linemen coming in doing their thing. Um, I remember Ricky Jackson telling Eminent "I'm going to hurt you." <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. I was watching that game. I remember City Champ, City Champ, told him, he was like <laughs> with his big chew. Ricky played with the biggest wad of chewing tobacco <laughs> in his mouth and he would just chew on that stuff and just spit so he just have spit just dripping off of his face mask the entire game i mean he lit. he never took it out because none of us wore um none of us wore um, mouthpieces mouth yeah yeah you, you you can't talk so we none of us wore those um but but he had that chew in the whole time and i, I remember telling him, he was like i'm gonna hurt you today <laughs> but that, with that little that that little uh, southern draw that he's got, he's like, hey, 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 damn it, I'm gonna hurt you today, <laughs> hey boy, hey boy, you, I'm I'm knocking you out the game today. <laughs> oh man, <That> was <laughs> but sick. yeah, it was it was it was um, it was that was the that, that was fun. So I mean that that was that was part of it. I mean it was it threw them off what we were doing. I think it threw them off just how fast we jumped on them. Um and and then you see that team how good that team was how you couldn't put that team away you had to beat them that's yeah. why I say all the time you don't you don't you don't have a you don't there's no quest for a championship you have to take it yeah because yeah. we had to take it from they they were they, they were never good. went away they never oh, no, they, went away they were yeah. they were not going away you had to put them away we had to put them away that's why I asked about that game everyone always you know the People always talk about my favorite play. My favorite play as a player, and I and I say the play, the most important play, the play that um, has put me in the heart of the Niners fans is that interception. That play, yeah. That that play, so that play matters to me because that play got me my key to the building. That well, no, that that key, that key was the key to the Niners fans' heart. Yeah, that's when that that is the play that allowed them to start saying, "Wait a minute, let's start paying attention to what he did." Because up until that point, people paid attention to what I didn't do, as opposed to what I had yeah, what done. Had. And I had played well. I had led the team in picks. I I had most broken up passes. I, I the only other player, the only other players on that team that started from the time I took over at the starting position. My second, my full-time starter, my second year, until I left, the only other players on that team that that were starters and, and stayed at their those positions were Jerry Rice and Steve Young. Every other position had been switched out. Mm. Every other position before I left there had been switched out. Jerry Rice and Steve Young are the only guys that started every game I started from the time I took the starting lineup. Wow. Um, but it was always, you know so then people started to pay attention to what I was doing and I got better and better and better. I mean, I was a better player when I got to the, um, I mean, I was, I was just hitting my peak. That's why I wish I had stayed there, but I, and I would have stayed. There. I had no intention. I was, I, I mean, I was just starting to hit my peak. I was a much better player for Carolina than I was, um, with the Niners. Um, I, I had some good, I had like my third, fourth, fifth year. I started to get, I started to, to climb up, but four five, I was good six. I was all pro, uh, you know, and then I I left, and I was still playing at an all pro level. So, um, you know, so so those so I, you know what? See, that's a hidden head. I can't even remember where I was going with that. So you better <laughs> help me with this one. Um. <laughs> you, you you
1: were you you were starting to you were you were hitting your you hadn't even reached your peak yet with the Niners, and so you were you were still continuously growing. Um, well, yeah, well, and, I, but but oh, I know, probably, I know maybe what your i your better saying. years were in Carolina.
2: Yeah, but I was talking about, but that play, that play, um, is the one that opened it the it faithful heart to yeah, me. It endeared, it endeared you me all all with us. the faithful, yeah. and to this day, I, I'm a Niner forever because of that. That's the, but the most important play, my favorite all-time play, is the last tackle of that game. The fourth down play, Jay Novacek was two yards. When we talking about put the team away, he was two yards away from getting the first down and continuing that drive. And I made that tackle. If not for that tackle, we're still fighting.
1: Yeah, because it was that's, oh, it was that's a ten that's point. The play. It's a ten point game, right? So it's,
2: that's the, that's the play that won us the championship. And far as far as I'm concerned, everyone else says it's that first play. And yeah, that first play kickstarted it. But you gotta you gotta knock the champ out, and that last tackle, that's what knocked him out. That's my favorite play.
0: Yeah,
2: that 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 is that that's the only play to me that comes close to my mom watching me in the eighth grade when I <laughs> when we won the city championship. Nice. <laughs> and that's 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 it. And I told you why that's my favorite game of all time because the year before they told me I couldn't play. Yeah, yeah, from the yeah. I mean from. The time I was eight, you know, seven to eight to 34. I played football every year except for seventh grade. And they told me I was too small and they lost the city championship. And the next year I was I was on that team, scored every point to win the game. And I told the coach, I said, I, we would have won last year if you had let me play coach. <laughs> and he started laughing. He started laughing. He was like, you know what, Eric, you, you're probably right. He was like, I should have let you play. I should have let you play. He said, I, he said, I guarantee you I'll let you play next year.
1: <laughs> I bet <laughs> you want to keep winning. Um, good, good stuff. Yeah, that was that was just uh, that was that was a great game. It's a great game to watch, and I, I hadn't watched it probably since it came on back in in ninety four. So that was, that was that, uh, I, it was just great to see, man. It, it was, it was, it, was yeah, awesome. it
2: was good. The last thing about that game, and and uh, and someone asked them, they were like, "Man, what happened on that play where Mike got you and Troy Cook?" And you know, just like we had tricked them into throwing that other one, yeah, throwing that other pick. So we line up and, and again, we're in, we're in a coverage. Like this time it is a, it's an underneath man. So I'm outside, I'm trying to play off and I'm, I'm playing off, but I know toy is going to be over the top. So it's looking like we're playing quarters coverage where he's got, you know, a a quarter. I got a quarter, like we're zoning it off, but I'm really sitting here in man and I got a safety over the top. So I'm sitting here waiting for Mike, to put his feet down. So soon, as soon as he starts to lean, I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to go. Still one. Mike kept running.
1: He kept running.
2: And toy. And now we were both expecting him. We were trying to bait him into going. And, and you know, that's one of those deals where, guess what? We know what you're trying to do. So we're going to do something else. And he ran right between both of us. Yeah. And, and we just kind of, you know, like, ah, they got us on that one they got us yeah. and it was fun. later later in the game toy made a play on that he made a play on it in the super bowl um same way what we're doing is like it, it, we're going to give you this position if you throw it over the top it should be a pick because you got a guy sitting there waiting so one of us trying to one of us going for the short route or any type of underneath route ready to break on it one of us sitting here playing for the top so if you throw into that coverage you should we should make the play in theory unless unless we both are sitting here looking at the same thing which we shouldn't be doing that's what what it was but um yeah i remember looking at that play and i was like oh yeah i remember the conversation toy and i had right there (laughs) that's it and everybody's like what the hell we were like we got it we got it we got it we got it we know (laughs) we know we screwed up we know all right and madden (laughs) madden all on top of that too
1: man he what 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 a treat it was being able to to uh, watch that last weekend um it's memorial day weekend we got a memorial day weekend edition of real thing or not all right okay so i ask you a question ed you tell me if it's a real thing or not all right got it All right. got it. Got a couple questions here memorial day theme memorial day ed marks the first day of summer real thing or not
2: um i i guess in everyone's mind i'm gonna say a real thing um because yes yes i'll just leave it at that
1: my man absolutely a real me so me and my wife argue about this every year right like we're we're both summer babies but as soon as memorial day comes i'm like oh it's the official start of summer here we go you know she's like it's not summer until june 22nd (laughs) or whatever the date is on the calendar i'm like absolutely not it starts memorial day um and and that's been just a tradition of mine and and so that um I'll just leave it at that, Mom yeah, man, I'm with you on yeah. um yeah. so you're you're a griller, right? you grill a little bit um a little bit yeah. a little bit i I dibble and dabble um, all right, so grilling anything besides meat goes against grilling etiquette.
2: No, that's not a real thing, N- not a real thing. No, that's not a real thing, in my opinion. What do you say?
1: <laughs> it's funny. I thought you were gonna say something else, but I agree with you. It's not not a real thing. Look, I mean, you, there's look, there's some hardcore grillers out there, right? Nothing touches yeah. my grill but meat. Yada yada yada. Yeah, but I yeah. mean, you know, you can you can get after it. You know, you can
2: you can dibble and dabble. You can throw a bunch of things on the grill. You know, we we like well, to. Yeah, a lot of that depends on your palate. That, I mean, and that's you know what you've been exposed to. So if if all you've ever put on there is meat, that's it. But what other type foods do you like? I mean, there's zucchini you can put on yeah, there. Eggs. I mean, there zucchini. You, I mean, you get
1: after it. Little corn on the cob. Splashes. You get those I marks. Mean, yeah,
2: corn. Yeah, you do corn on there. I mean, there. I mean, there's so many types of vegetables. My my um uh, my wife will, will um. The uh, uh, peppers, not not even the spicy ones, because we will do spicy peppers at time, but we will also do like the sweet peppers. Yeah, yeah. um, and you grill those; it's it, it, they are incredible when when they're grilled that way, just the way the flavor comes out of them. So there are just so many different, so many vegetables that you can put on there. So I guess, so I guess, a lot of that is do you like vegetables? You, because. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you if you if you if you don't like vegetables, then you won't put them on the grill. If you like vegetables, like you say, you got the grill going. Why wouldn't you just put your vegetables and corn and everything else on it? I yeah. think that's the
1: real thing. I I I think uh, I I think you just described my house on these barbecue holiday. Like we should have a collabo. You know what I mean? Like yeah, we, there there is. We we'll do, have to we, do that. we do the we, we we pretty much do you know the, the same things. Um, uh, and then also uh, got stick- some ribs going today. Oh, you got some ribs going today. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. Go do some ribs in the uh, Italian sausage. We're going to put that on the grill today. Okay. Um,
1: yeah. Uh, if you don't use charcoal, you're cheating. Real thing or not?
2: No, that's not a real thing. Call me a cheater. You got a pellet. You got a pellet grill. Dude, the thing, this is the thing about the charcoal. The charcoal, <laughs> it's, it's great. It's great if you want to do it. It's even better if you have like one of those eggs or something where you can smoker and you can use like the real wood and all that. Yeah. But, dude, when I can push a button, I, right can push, I can push a button and I have fire and I'm cooking as opposed to spending 20, 30 minutes getting the charcoal, the correct temperature, then on top of that, you can't control the temperature so the question again is are you just trying to are you just trying to um, cook the meat or are you actually a chef are you trying to prepare it a certain way because yeah. then you need to be able to control the temperature so I think it's definitely not a either way, no it's not a real thing you're not a, come on your, your thoughts on that
1: uh, I'll say not but I, I had to learn the hard way Right, so I I I was in the market for a grill, trying to figure out what to do. Right, I was gonna go. Uh, I knew I wasn't gonna do gas. I was gonna I was gonna do charcoal grill or, or maybe a pellet grill. Right, but I, I watched some of these grilling shows like with these grill masters and stuff, and so I got a little influence. You know, some some of the hardcore guys were on there, like oh you can't use a pellet grill, yada yada yada, yada right? And so oh, I wish I would've got a pellet grill now. Um, I, I have a charcoal grill. Um.
2: But oh, that's too much work, bro.
1: It it it's it's a lot of work. But I I have been able to uh to 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 have a shortcut at least. I I don't use lighter fluid anymore. Got past that. I have like a little electrical uh charcoal starter that I use, right? So that thing has been a game changer, right? You just put okay. the charcoal on it, you plug the thing in and then it, it lights it up for you, whatever. So I don't have to deal with all the the, the lighter fluid and all that
2: stuff, but that was crazy. I, you, I, know, you, yeah. you know how many people lost their shirts? <laughs>
1: with
2: that lighter fluid. One I of my boys
1: just sent me a video like Last week or a couple weeks ago, he he's got a new grill and he was out he was out in the backyard and his 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 uh camera his security camera uh, got the footage and he's out there playing around with it and all of a sudden it was like a whoosh
2: like this bit yeah, like dude,
1: almost took him
2: out. Eyes, I, I have with my own eyes. You know, growing up in Alabama, there was, was a lot of grilling and there were a lot of um. You know, there were no back then there there were no electric grills electric starters like that i have i have seen three cans go boom wow with my own eyes yeah i've seen it where are you you sitting there not paying attention like oh that's not enough you gotta put some more on there like okay all right yeah all right is the same is the same with that fried turkey i have seen fried turkey accidents <laughs>
1: i've done that once and it's but a that's, lot harder that, than it looks we, yeah we can we can talk about
2: that <laughs> one later we'll, we'll get that one in, in november yeah, right yeah, now yeah. we're talking about we're talking about grilling okay yeah. real real enough yeah
1: go. so that so that was real thing or not memorial day uh edition of it um we actually i i, I thought i thought you know, you you know, you, coming from Alabama, they do some real grilling down there. I thought you your your thoughts may have been a little bit different, but we're more like minded yeah. than uh than I thought. Yeah, Um real, real
2: real that has nothing to do. That has nothing to do with you know charcoal awesome. or not stuff like that, man. Whether you put vegetables on that. You know what? All these people, every every guy is like, you know, nothing nothing touches my grill. Yeah. Uh, but meat. You know what? If that's some good food sitting there, I guarantee you they're going to sit down and eat it if it's prepared right. correctly. Yeah. We,
1: so we want to hear from you. So if you got some thoughts on this this Memorial Day weekend, let us know what you think, real thing or not, Um as it relates to what me and E.D. just talked about. Uh, shout out to T. Martin. Um, he did something Peyton Manning couldn't do. Led the Tennessee Vols to a national championship. Sure did. A decorated career, um, and what a guy! Like, I mean, you talk about the guys he's put in the league, right? Randall Cobb, Robert Woods, mm-hmm. Marquise Lee, Nelson Aguilar, um, and now Juwan Jennings. We'll see how yep. how he'll uh turn out. Um, we're gonna get get, get ready to get out of here, Ed. Um, let you get back to your ribs, but uh, I said I got some life news. Um, got to share with the people, Ed. Uh, we're taking steps. We're taking steps.
0: Oh, I love and, it.
1: And, uh, and, uh, yeah, man, it's a real thing, uh, in the Haylock house, right? Uh, baby, she's, baby girl, ha- so she hasn't committed to this whole walking thing yet, but, you know, she's taken uh, I think six steps is probably the most we've gotten out of her, uh, nice. so far. Nice. So, uh, so that's happening. So, um. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know what to do next. So I mean, you got parenting. Tips well, I can out tell you and, what's yeah. next.
2: I can I can tell you what's next. So now she's taking her first steps, and you you're like, hurry, 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 and then it's gonna it's gonna <laughs> seem like you're you're gonna take a nap, you're gonna take a nap, and you're gonna wake up, and she's gonna be 16, and you're gonna be like, slow down, slow down, Sit down. <laughs> stop. That's what's about to happen. So I'm just telling you right now, it, it's gonna you really really we'll see that it's going to happen that fast you're yeah. going to feel like that you're going to feel like you took a nap in between shows and and she's like daddy can i have the keys and you're like what huh what? how huh? yeah where yes yeah i mean so it's, already, so it's already
1: starting to hit me a little bit i mean she's 11 months now i'm like man where the time goes now we're now we're like seems like we're just coming home from the hospital now we're trying to plan a pandemic birthday so i mean I, I, we don't know what we're gonna do with that maybe a zoom or whatever i don't know but uh yeah man so that that's what's going on over here um and then we're you know we, uh wife well good for you yes yeah, so, man wife wife is uh getting us out on the grill uh this week this uh this weekend for memorial day she's already got the stuff uh you know she's already given me a list of stuff you know of, of what to do so uh we're gonna gonna get ready for that and 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 have some uh some quarantine barbecue here uh over the uh over the weekend um, there it is yeah man uh Good stuff. We uh, had two story times from ED. We had T. Martin. We had two Alabama greats conversing. Um, A lot of stuff. Big, 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 big show here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. Um, You guys be safe out there. Uh, stay well. Um, Stay away from the lighter fluid. No accidents. Don't want to hear yeah, any, any reports of that. And uh, I guess we'll see y'all next week. This has been the Believe in 49ers podcast presented by betonline.ag. For Super Bowl champion Eric Davis, I'm Rashawn Haylock. We will see y'all next week. Stay safe and eat well. Actually, this Memorial Day weekend. See y'all.
2: Peace.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done.